radio, podcast, sound, music. Sometimes there's real snobbery over which is best, video or audio. But for those with slightly smaller budgets, for those wanting to play with longer form storytelling, could committing to an audio project be just what you're looking for? From Zoom conversations with musicians to a five-part series showcased on BBC Radio 3. On this episode, we find out what's possible with musician Shomik Data. And just a note, our theme music is by Shomik. Hmm, cool, isn't it? So welcome to the Space Arts Podcast. Hello, I'm Claire Freeman, an associate and freelance audio producer working with The Space, and later my trusted sidekick, Fiona Morris, chief executive, will join us. The Space is an agency which supports those working in the arts sector. And just a note, our funding is open to anyone who works in that sector. So go ahead, have a look at the latest guidance on the website, thespace.org. And when it comes to sound... We're actually seeing more and more museums, artists, theatre companies and musicians applying for funding for audio series through these commissioning rounds than ever before. So let's meet today's case study, musician Shomik Data. Shomik has played on stage with some big names, Jay-Z and Beyonce to name a few. He's presented on BBC television and has several successful albums under his belt. But when it came to developing an audio series, hmm, that was a box that was unticked until 2020. Last year, Shomik was successfully accepted as one of 25 artists awarded funding and support during the BBC Culture in Quarantine series. It was a project supported by The Space. And that's where Shomik and I met. We were matched as mentor and mentoree to go on to produce five 15-minute radio programmes. They debuted on BBC Radio 3 over summer 2020 and later were made available as podcasts on the BBC Sounds app. The series captured the thoughts of five musicians across the UK to really discover the sounds of silence during the global crisis. In a moment, you can listen to a conversation recorded with Shomik, Fiona and me just before the year of 2020 was done. But first, let's get a taster of some of the stories featured in Sounds of Silence. The first thing I do is open the window up here. It's like a whole symphony out there of birdsong, bird call... I find birdsong to be the most abundant celebration of whatever that life energy is. And so there are times when you just listen to it and you really feel like the place that this comes from feels like a very vibrant place. When I was a young singer, I had an experience where uh, 
one of my first singing teachers said to me, you know, it sounds great, but you have a black quality to your voice that needs to be ironed out. I could have gone, what do I do to change how I sound? Do I need to change how I sound? How should I sound? Or I could have gone, well, then I am black and therefore whatever you feel like this black quality to my voice is, it, it is what makes me and makes my sound what it is. I had this year planned out with lots and lots of tours and concerts. I had this new album out and and also a single that was sort of related to that album. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the plan was just to be on the road um, and go to different countries, go to different uh, auditoriums and play for audiences all over the world. And then none of that happened. <laughs> and And I found myself in my flat in North London staring out of the window and uh, I can actually see one of the big motorways on on the periphery of London really from my living room and it was empty you know like usually there'd be vans and lorries and cars passing all the time but like there were almost times when there were 30 seconds between a vehicle and the, and the next one which was really strange and eerie and when you know when the sounds and the noise and the just the the ambience of the world that you know and recognize dissolves into nothing. That's um, that's quite a strange feeling. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you play an instrument called the sarod. Um, do you want to just explain what it is? <laughs> yeah, I can try. Um, the sarod is an Indian classical uh, stringed instrument, which is fretless, so it has no frets like the guitar. Um, and you slide along the string on the left hand, you slide along it to create this moving sort of cascade of sound and notes. Um, it, it is about the microtones, about flowing from one to the other. I started playing when I was 12 years old, 12 or 13 years old, I think. Um, and yeah, I love it. My home is always kind of filled with the sound of it. But it, what was really interesting, when we first were matched together by the space, one of the things that you said to me, which really I will never forget, was that you just kind of didn't want to play for a little bit. You kind of just parked it. And it was really interesting because this series, actually, it didn't really feature your instrument. This was almost like a step away for you to just think about and, and do things a little bit differently. How, how did that come to be? Well, it's interesting, you know, like the Sarod for me has always been something that takes me away from the sound and the noise of the world into a space of creativity, into a space of magic. And suddenly when there wasn't that world that needed me to be drawn away from it, the Sarod felt very loud. So practicing at home in this sort of vacuum where the sounds not just of my home but also everything outside and sort of mentally also like knowing that all your concerts are cancelled all the contracts are cancelled everything is gone um the sarod felt very very loud and it was taking up that whole space and so i had to very um respectfully um say dear friend um i'm gonna put you in the box now and um we'll we'll touch base soon but um I think this this time is pushing me towards exploring something else. Um, and let me do that and I'll come back to you. So Fiona, you would have seen 
Shomik's proposal come through the doors, right? I mean, I'm, how, how many proposals did you even receive for something like this? You say, hey, guys, we know you will probably need something to do right now. There's 25 slots here. Send us your thoughts. What was that process like? And what stood out about Shomik's idea around this? Well, so the the, the commissioning opportunity um, went went live in in April, and with a very short time to apply, because the whole uh, driving force behind it was to say yes, we know that there are many many artists like Shomik sitting at home kind of cut off from what they do because you know actually a huge amount of what a creative artistry is in somebody else appreciating it and that's just been cut away for so many people in one fell swoop and people are, are very limited in in geographically where they can be so so the idea was to put the commissioning offer out there to say okay for all of those people in that situation what do you want to say right now this was about making a statement and making it quite quickly we had no idea how many ideas we'd get so we actually were delighted and also slightly scared by the fact that we got uh 1600 just over 1600 applications which was a huge number to kind of read through process and try and whittle down to 25 as i'm sure you can imagine um but there were certain projects that kind of spoke very clearly to the time and i think that was where showmix project and the other projects that were commissioned on sunday they felt like they were that moment of insight into how an artist is feeling at this time but in a way that reflects the universality of the world being in this lockdown experiencing pandemic that none of us so this was a not an experience that anyone had had before or could relate to something else really although of course interestingly the disabled artist community I think were sitting there looking at the rest of us going hmm that thing that you're talking about being so exceptional and never experienced before welcome to our world much of the time so so there was so also that was a great piece of insight as well and we were very very uh, pleased with the with the three films that came from disabled artists as well and a radio project that you that you worked on as well Claire but no with Shomik's idea it was that thing it was very personal it was very specific to the time what happens when the world goes silent or when you realize quite how many other sounds there are in that make up your day that regulate your activities um so it felt very specific to the time, very personal to Shemek, and completely and utterly shareable because everybody was in the same was in the same boat. You know, so it sort of felt like it was there that your relationship to your to the oral landscape, which isn't one what a musician thinks about this a lot, but non musicians probably don't until it's missing, and then when it's missing then I think people go, oh, something's not quite right. You know, when people talk about the room falling silent or, you know, it's like, yeah, when, t- it, when it's there, you maybe don't notice it. But the minute it goes, you, you're kind of, you're, your sort of senses go up and you go, what's happening? Something's, something's gone wrong. Yeah, I mean, Shomig, it was obviously a fast turnaround and it was kind of very precise, strategic kind of timeline that we we had to put together when we when we kind of first started speaking you hadn't actually even done the interviews which formed the backbone of the piece how kind of how much did it change from the initial idea that you had even before submission to what went out like what was the process of like kind of 
moulding, tweaking, adapting, growing, squashing, changing that you kind of saw or felt the project went through? (laughs) I mean, I still can't believe that, you know, that it happened and and that I got the commission (laughs) and, you know, a massive thanks to you, Fiona, and to the space for this, because literally, I I kid you not, I was sitting right here um, when the idea sort of, you know, at this table, um, when the idea sort of came to me, it wasn't even an idea. It was just like a really annoying sound somewhere. And I was like, oh, shut up. Like, what is that thing? <laughs> and it's basically like, you know, the, the wooden thing that you twist so that your blinds go up and down. It was rattling against the window. And I was like, it's so loud. And from there, it just sparked, you know, that I started hunting for sounds in the flat that were annoying me. And, I, you know, that could have turned into some other crazy weird website project of like annoying sounds in show mix flat um but that <laughs> that's the that could be uh, the, the maybe the next year yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the sequel um but yeah and 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 then i was talking to my brother who is a filmmaker um and we often you know certainly over lockdown we were chatting a lot and and, and we talk about sort of things that are inspiring us um and 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 he said, okay, what what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just really irritated by all these sounds in my flat. And he was like, that's probably a project, you know. <laughs> and and then and then I started thinking, okay, well, if I am hearing all this stuff, what is everyone else hearing? And what are my uh, fellow musicians hearing? So I reached out to some of them, and they were like, yeah, this is actually it's 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 true, it's happening. And then I just wrote the application from you know that that kernel of of a of an idea um and and claire what you know what you managed to do was just hold on to that heart of where it all came from throughout the time that we were working um and i'd never done a podcast before i had no idea what i was getting into um i mean of course i was I was transparent about that in the application, Fiona, you know that, but <laughs> you were, you were, I was, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I was, you know, wading into uncharted waters. Um, and, and, and when I got it, there was this sort of like blanket of fear that came over me. I was like, okay, I know how to, I know how to edit audio, but a podcast with all these people saying all this stuff, how do you make a story? And then Radio 3 getting involved. Yeah, it was quite a journey. <laughs> <laughs> you say that at some point you crapped your pants and were like, "How do I? How am I? How am I going to be able to pull this off?" Is that what you? Because you know, actually, a lot of people were hearing throughout the series. So many people um, just kind of jump into these things and say, oh, "Here's an idea," and then it kind of gets commissioned. They're like, "Oh, how do I put this together?" Um, and and not not knowing the answers to everything kind of doesn't really matter. I think the ethos that I understand when I am, you know, booked by the space to support artists like you as an associate is that my role is not necessarily to tell you what to do, but my role is to support you and help kind of fill in the holes with some of the skills and the training so that I just like a little baby bird, I just let you fly off and you can go and carry on and, and use these skills for future projects um you've obviously kind of had with this project you know there was other support not just necessarily from me where we looked at um our work together was much more hands-on it changes actually as an associate i offer completely different 
um, roles to all the projects that I work with. With me and you, we worked a lot closer in looking at the structure, maybe moving things around, the listening, looking at the planning, the recording, maybe what do we do with after it so that we maximise this opportunity for you as an artist, not just through the BBC, but on Show Data Arts kind of platform. But um, you also kind of signed up for some other webinar events support around this, didn't you? So like distribution, any kind of mm. marketing, there were other things that the space supported you on too. Can you tell us about those? I mean, I, I feel like, you know, what the space offered surprised and shook me in the most positive way, because I've never worked with a commissioner that supports you along the journey. So the thing is, as an artist, from time to time, you you know, if you're lucky, something will fly in through the window and kind of go ping. There's something that you have a feeling of what the end product could be. You have absolutely no idea um, about the structure and the, the timeline, um, and the cash flow and just the organization that will take you from, to, from getting from where you are right now till the end product. But you have an idea of that end product. You see a shadow, you see a light over there. And I felt like with the space, allowing artists like myself to work with you, Claire, um, as an associate producer, to be guided, to also, you know, attend marketing seminars, uh, distribution seminars where people were presenting in-depth talks about how to tap into your own sort of networks to amplify the reach of something. And it doesn't take a lot. It just needs a little bit of organization. And these are things that I never learned when I was studying music. I never learned anywhere you know it's sort of the thing that if you joined a big company they would train you in all these things but as artists you don't do that you are always freelancers you are always moving from one thing to another with different partners to have a home like the space who understand the needs of artists that feels so so amazing and i feel very lucky to have gone through that process that's extremely lovely of you so thank you very much for saying that um i think pro and, and what's really interesting and, and it's really just occurred to me listening to what you said is that i think because a, a lot of times when you have a a project and then you then you immediately go okay so where can i go and get funding for this and and it quite often is that the funding sources are within those slightly arm's length organizations that you have to so so you're walking up to their front door going i know i want to do this and it's it's a big square and it's pink in color and it's going to be finished in you know and and that's the expectation when you apply that you know what it is and i think what's interesting about the model that we've been you know we're extremely fortunate in that we've been funded by arts council england and and other agencies including the bbc over the years to build a model that says Nah, it's in it's in the digital world. So there's really no point if our support is all around one project and the project outcome. It's really important that we want to work with an artist or an organisation to go, where are you trying to go on the bigger journey? Where does this project sit in that? Where does it help you develop a profile for yourself as an artist and build that audience and build that kind of sense of advocates around you to help promote you? And you won't have all of the skills that you need to do that because nobody does, because this is a this is a world that's changing very fast. And so there'll always be needs to kind of keep in touch with 
experts in certain areas there are certain there is skills transference that can happen and Claire as Claire's talked about being very generous about about uh, kind of tutoring people she works with but it is that thing about seeing an artist as a whole being and seeing a digital project or any project but in our case digital projects as just one facet of who you are and so trying to see the bigger picture and and support it you know and we're you know I love that we're able to do that so it's brilliant to get that feedback from you thank you one of the first projects that I ever interacted with when I first started working with the space I did a workshop uh, which was how to start a podcast and actually in the in the description I'll share a link to an article that I, I co-wrote for the space but also this project it was funded by the space two years ago I reckon uh, the empathy museum and then the project was called a mile in my shoes and the empathy museum was all about taking art to real spaces to real places and they had a shipping container with a series of shoes and these shoes belonged to refugees who'd come from all over the world to the UK and each pair of shoes had a story and they want they'd captured these stories of the people who these shoes belong to but they wanted to find a way rather than people having to come to the shipping container to experience these stories they wanted to find a way to get the stories out to people with removing the barrier of physically being there to get it to a worldwide audience and so they set around the task of asking the space for support for funding how can we turn this into a podcast? And so every week for a year, they put out 52 stories over the year of a different story of someone who belonged to those shoes. And it was incredible. And it's something that got, got noticed by the British Podcast Awards. Um, you know, it was it was nominated in one of the categories there. And, and it really kind of made me think about how as theatres as museums as art galleries as musicians this work that we're already doing not just necessarily creating from scratch which is what you did Shomik but actually also repurposing you know we we heard on an earlier episode about flight paths and they had what was a, a live stage performance which then was filmed which was then repurposed to be a website and what I've really kind of been excited about as someone who's worked in audio for 15 years is actually there could be people listening to this who are sitting on so much archive that is on the shelf, music or interviews or just things that is just kind of sat there, which could be repurposed and reimagined in an audio series. And there is a growing demand for that as well. I think, you know, people don't always have time to read books because we're always on the move, right? We've all got our headphones on. We're all on our phones all the time. So why not fill our ears with something that is just inspirational? And I listened to like the series that you put together, Shomik, and it really was not just capturing a moment in time as like a point of artistic reflection that we can come to in years and years and say, what was lockdown like? Let's step back into that time and listen to what people were saying then. Not in a newsy way, but in kind of a reflective artistic way. Um, and I think that just makes just like such a huge difference to kind of find a way to to capture these moments yeah i mean i i hope you know in 20 years time or 50 years time someone um looks back at the list of culture and quarantine commissions and 
repurposes them to to make them into whatever the digital um, you know discipline is in at that time. I have no idea. Drive in sort of drone machines or something you know but well mcdonald's will still be there so you can buy a mcdonald's and sit in your drone and and watch something and hear something yeah and a podcast um but you know just coming back to stories i feel like if you look back at what connects us as human beings before we had anything before we had um electronics or tools or anything we had stories and that's the only thing that makes us human it's our capacity to create in our audiences this imagination this imaginary world through words and through stories that's the seat of it all that's the source of of all this stuff for podcasts and audio projects to have that at the core of it feels like it's connected to our universal understanding of what makes us human. Um, and that, I think that's why it's so pos- the powerful. I think they're also, they're also very, as I can say, I think they're very interactive, you know, in a way that for me, you know, a lot of live performance artists who have been denied access to audiences this year, you know, film feels like a medium beyond I don't think it is, and I think the barriers are breaking down. But audio, which is which absolutely speaks to what any live artist wants to kind of get, is a feedback sense, being able to put something out there and have an audience build on it and make it ever bigger. And audio is a you know, phenomenally good way of doing yeah. it online. Yeah, I mean, if we kind of look at the, the variety of the projects of audio that the space has worked in this year, We've got Showmix, which is which became a five-part series for Radio Three. A different musician for each different episode. We've even got like bird, a birdsong garden with Jeff Sample, who had collected for years and years the sounds across four seasons in a garden in Northumberland, and then narrated and soundscaped a story around, which became another five-part series for Radio Three. Shifts was something um, which a Wayward Productions turned from a collection of interviews from frontline workers who were. De- Deep in the centre, working in the NHS at the time, early days of the pandemic, and given us an insight in what it was like, a reflective kind of, you know, take on things, which was then translated and given to a poet who then wrote and performed aspects with a binaural soundscape, uh, which became a project called Shifts. Um, you know, we've heard about hidden horror stories by David Rudkin's Place Prints, New Perspective Theatre, taking these hidden ghost stories across 10 locations across the UK that you hadn't heard before and turning that into both a video and a podcast series. So if that kind of gives people an insight into what's possible, whether it be a field recordist, whether it be a theatre director or a musician who was expected to tour but then suddenly wasn't, I hope that that kind of gives people at some point in this podcast that audio is worth considering too, because it does take people like to that sense of place where you can escape. And I think if there's been one thing that a lot of us have wanted to do this year, sometimes it's just to escape the anxiety, the worry, the what if in life. And it seems to be exactly what you said, Shomik, an avenue which people are taking a bit more seriously. They're like, ah, I get this now. And hopefully, Fiona, 
we might see some more audio uh, projects that get the green light come the next couple of rounds of commissioning. Definitely. I mean, you know, our commissioning rounds have had increasing numbers of audio work coming through them and uh, and certainly culture and quarantine to the current current open round for artists who identify as disabled. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be some fantastic audio projects coming through that. Brilliant. Well, look, Shomik, I already know that you're beavering away on your next project. Are you able to give us a little insight into what that might be or is it all kind of still under wraps? Um, no, well, here um, a little insight. Okay. I haven't quite got... Well, we're working on it together. Um, Fiona, Claire... Well, I, didn't, space, I didn't want to say that in case you didn't want to tell we're people. We're working but, on you know. it together. And, and between us, we know that we haven't quite got to like the, you know, the public um, statements. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a continuation of, um, I think, my fascination with silence, um, which I think someone said this on, on Sounds of Silence, um, that as you go deeper into silence, you realize that silence is that horizon that you never reach or you never attain and there's always something new to be discovered in your journey that's the journey that i am on that we are on um, with this new project called silent spaces which will be uh, multi-output projects involving spaces all over the country and i can't wait to share it with you next year yeah well one to kind of keep an eye out for um, and it, and on an your ear. social feeds and an ear and uh, both I, ears. Of, of course, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, of course, I should have thought about that. <laughs> so, Mick, thank you. It's always a joy to work with you. You know, it, it's it's very interesting as an associate because sometimes I think uh, in the in the real world we often think of almost hierarchy that you might kind of think of Fiona as the absolute top dog of me as someone kind of like here to mentor you as an artist but actually I think it's a very flat structure where we all learn and we all grow and we all inspire each other so thank you you know for refilling my creative energy too and and i learn a lot you know supporting vice versa thank you so much claire yeah i can't wait to see what happens next year (laughs) right well enough with the cheese ballness on this uh particular series we promise to come back with a wider selection of cheese on another series of the space art podcast very soon we hope you've enjoyed listening do make sure you follow subscribe tell a friend share with a colleague Uh, spam everybody that you know about this podcast Uh, and we'll be back very very soon take care